Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome to the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, SB Nation's blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. This is our annual NHL trade deadline episode, and judging by the CBJ's transactions today, it'll last about five minutes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We'll talk about the moves the Blue Jackets organization made, the ones they didn't make, and what the rest of the Metropolitan Division did. I am Ryan Real. Joining us for this episode, we've got Eric Seeds. Hey, Seeds. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Good, good. And we've got Elaine Shercliffe. Hi, Elaine. Hi. So we are recording this episode as we usually do on Monday night when the Blue Jackets play the Senators. And let's just jump right into it. The big trade of the day was Sonny Milano going to Anaheim for Devin Shore straight up. The 25-year-old Devin Shore has four goals and six assists in 39 games this season. And he is in the final year of an RFA deal that currently pays him $2.3 million. So the Sonny saga is over and Devin Shore will join the Blue Jackets on Tuesday. What do we think? Well, first of all, I'm glad the Sunny Saga has come to an end one way or another. I'm frankly just happy that that whole mess is behind us. We can all kind of move on with our lives. Sunny badly needed a change of scenery. I think pretty much every single CBJ fan on the planet could agree with that, that it just wasn't working out here for his reasons, for Tordrella's reasons, for front office reasons, whatever. It just... It wasn't working out. He wasn't taking advantage of chances and he might not have been getting the chances he needed. But 
regardless, it's over. He's been traded, so I'm glad that's behind us. Uh, as far as Devin Shore goes, anytime you can uh, get a guy with fewer points than the guy you trade who makes more than Josh Anderson, I guess you have to do it. <laughs> I, I, you know, the, the Yarma was quoted as saying that he's a he's a type of play. He's a different type of player than Sonny, which basically leads me to believe bottom six grinder. And he's mm-hmm. a guy who can play several positions, which fine, but I don't expect much from Devin Shore going forward this year. I don't expect much if we keep him around next year. I don't that that remains to even be seen. I guess we would qualify him, but I don't really know. But he's kind of just going to be a warm body who can cycle in and hopefully not get hurt here down the stretch and stabilize the bottom six. So I guess he's not he's not in the lineup during the Ottawa game, but he's coming in the next game against Minnesota tomorrow night. He's coming back. He's coming in the lineup tomorrow night. So, you know, I guess we'll see what happens there. But I'm just I'm glad the sunny saga is over. I've been sick and tired of seeing people argue about it on Twitter and comments and everywhere in life forever. So good luck to Sonny in Anaheim. I hope it works out. I hope he takes advantage of it and finally finds some stability and finds a solid role where he can contribute kind of like Anthony Duclair um, takes advantage of his opportunities for a middling to bad team and finally just, you know, shows more consistency and takes advantage of chances and is able to actually put it together and become a full-time NHL player going forward. So good luck to you, Sonny. Um, I'm happy this is over and I, now we don't have to see Jackets fans argue about it on Twitter forever. <laughs> I mean, they're still going to argue on it for Twitter forever. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter is where every tw- Twitter is where happiness goes to die. So you're probably right. <laughs> it's good to see him move on just because I didn't think the Jackets were a good landing spot for him. He, uh, I think he was drafted because he was such a finesse skill type player, but that didn't really fit into what we had going on because even now, even now it doesn't fit because he, his fundamentals were still lacking and his, uh, you know, defense, like they said, was his defensive side was still not as great as it could have been. It'll be interesting to see what it's like for him in Anaheim because he played really well with Cole Sherwood, and Kiefer is uh, Cole's brother is in the Ducks system and recently just got called up to the Ducks. He plays similar to Cole, but also is a, is he's better. Um, he has a little bit more control of his skills. And so I can only imagine what they might do together. So I'm glad that Sonny's in the West <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think a lot of Jackets fans, the majority and maybe mostly unanimous are happy for Sonny to get a shot. Good luck, Sonny. I think that nobody's, I think people are, are a little shortchanged by what the Jackets are getting back in Devin Shore. He looks fine. I can't say that, I know Devin Shore off the top of my head and you know can can speak to his play very well but from from what I've seen on YouTube and what I've seen in the uh, yeah, advanced analytics it looks like he can bring some offense he doesn't look terrific defensively and that that strikes me as interesting because of what Yarmo said and what this trade seems to be which is uh, somebody that could plug into the system that would 
get up to speed fairly quickly and provide value in this system and, and be more of a torts guy than it seemed like Milano was. But yeah, Milan, Milano certainly wasn't a torts guy. Right, right, <laughs> right. So how how often have we constructed Sonny Milano trades over the past three or four years, right? And this is this is what it ends up being. I think people are a little kind of underwhelmed, but at the same time, what are you going to do? You know, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's not like Sonny had a ton of opportunities to showcase his skill. It's not like the Jackets. I mean, that that's just the way it was. I think somebody I can't remember who said that if it was Slack or on the on, on our comment section that was like, well, you know, there, it's hard to showcase a guy who's stable at the bench. So, but at this point, I figure I figure most teams kind of knew what Sonny could do. So, like I said, good luck to him. It'll spring on Devon Shore. This team needs forwards that are healthy that can skate right now. So, uh, sure, why not? Yeah. Well, you know what? What anything Shore brings you know, that's more consistent in the defensive end will be more than Sonny brought in the defensive end this year. So that's true. That's true. So that was that was that deal. And the other deal of the day for Columbus: Marcus Hanekainen goes to Arizona for a conditional seventh round pick. If he plays ten games with the Coyotes, the Blue Jackets get the pick. That remains to be seen. But that's it. So Marcus Hanekainen goes to Arizona, and if he plays ten games, then the Jackets get a pick. Elaine, you're familiar with Hannah in this year as he did not come up to Columbus. He was not up with the big club, although he has played a spate of games for the Blue Jackets over the past couple of years. What do you think? I have a lot of things to say on the situation. <laughs> yes, you wrote a very good piece today detailing his play for the Monsters. Yeah, it was really short because I just didn't have time to kind of go into depth about how he really plays. But... He did, you know, have that injury this year. He took a puck to the like soft part in between the neck and the head, like under the side. <laughs> it sounds like the face, but I know what you mean. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the lower part. It's not the face. <laughs> right. right. Um, which uh, he played. He didn't play the game after. This was in November. He didn't play the game after because he couldn't. I don't think he could turn his head like at all. And then he played a string of games. And then got jostled in the neck area, and then he was off for, I, I don't, it was, it was a lot of games. Um, so he came back, played three games, then he was, I think he was healthy scratched, maybe. I'm not, I'm not sure if Haney got hurt again or was healthy scratched. And then he came back for this road trip, and he just was lighting it up. It was old Marcus Hanekainen again. It was so great. Uh, he was getting goals in from below the goal line. He was playing defensively, fighting in the corners for the puck. I mean, he, the thing is, is he was the guy that I was like, okay, well, they're going to trade Hanny because he'll get picks or another player. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. a conditional seventh round. Right. In this year's draft, contingent upon 10 games with the Coyotes, so not even the Roadrunners. As far as I understand, I am. Hanny is a good player, but I'm unsure if he will get in those 10 games up top right. with, with Arizona. And uh, that's kind of pointless, I guess, for where the Jackets are at with their lack of draft picks and their lack of players in general. So with Sunny gone, that caused. You know, Calvin to have to be Calvin Turgoff to have to be called back up 
And then, you know, they trade away Marcus. And so now they have 11 forwards down in Cleveland that are healthy right now. So there's Dano, uh, Justin Scott, and Zach Dalby who are all injured. And two of the forwards who are healthy are PTOs. And today they only papered Lilia to come to be on the roster later in the season if they need to. Right. Because Carlson was already, was Carlson already eligible? Uh, no, Carlson got papered too. So I was just thinking forwards. Sorry. Right, right, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, no, no, it's okay. And um, they didn't paper Mateau or Stenland. Mm-hmm. So even if people start getting healthy, there's still going to be that weird balance of, okay, so now they're going to have to get a third PTO, right? So then say all three guys on IR get healthy, then they only have 12 guys on the roster that are forwards because you have Lilia and Turk off up. Then say the Monsters get healthy, I mean the Jackets are getting healthy, send them down. So then you only have two in reserve. Mm -hmm. And with the way this season is going, whether they make it to playoffs or not, it's just down that stretch, it's going to get really rough, it's going to get really tough. You know, you have Brett Gallant and Brian Moore who are unafraid to fight people. Same thing with Cole Sherwood. You're going to have people possibly getting kicked out of games again and <laughs> and maybe being suspended or people getting injured. It, it's a bad spot for for the Monsters. And they have just enough defense, too. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six. They have six defenders. One, And then they have one that's on IR. So that's total of seven right now so it's it just feels like yeah it kind of it kind of is elaine you're leading into my point which is i don't understand what the front office was doing today and that (laughs) i get if you're not going to make big trades for the club like if you're not going to trade savard or you're not going to trade for there there were rumors the team was in on anthony athanasiu for a while or andreas excuse me andreas anthanasiu too many a's in this dude's name (laughs) but it kind of speaks to the bigger point of why wouldn't you try to add like, like I'm, I, I hate to use the term warm bodies, but God, Cleveland could use a couple warm bodies that aren't. We could like, use some bodies that are more than warm bodies. <laughs> like, like, like I'm pretty sure Cleveland would take like lukewarm bodies at this point. I, I don't like, I know the team doesn't have many picks to give up. I don't know. I know they're hurt. They're hurting. Like, but man, I, I just, you kind of wish you could see something. I, I, I kind I don't know. I know the front office is probably in a real hard spot, but to, and then you see a guy. I know there's some issues, some issues that you know I, 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 I might have wanted, wanted out. out I, don't I don't know, know, know but, but he he to see, see him given away, away for just like a conditional pick that you might not even get. Like, like that's a like, that's a guy Cleveland like was using at least. Right, and it's also tough to see it for such a a kind, positive. Right. I've only heard ever great things about Hannah Kynan while he's been up here. And And he's been here for years. He's been in the organization for a while. And he's and he's and and like when the team when he was carried as the 13th forward the last couple of years, when the uh, when Panarin was here and, you know, we weren't really injury bitten. He never said boo. He never said boo, at least publicly about sitting up in the press box. You know, he was happy to draw in when he could. And I always thought he was a productive, energetic fourth liner who, you know, brought a little bit of goal scoring skill into the lineup. It just it's tough to see the front office just give a guy away for a 
basically nothing. Like you, 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 you might get absolutely nothing for it. And if you were to lose him, I get it. But man, you think you could have at least gotten, I don't know, gotten a guarantee on that seventh rounder. Right, and he is going to be a UFA this summer, so they could have just let him walk then. Basically, what they did is just freed up a space, a contract. But there's, yeah, but at the same time, they, they, they it's not like they had the 50 contract limit. Like, I saw Tampa had to make a trade today, and they literally threw in a body because they couldn't take whoever they traded for because they were at the 50 contract limit. Columbus is right now sitting at the 47 contract limit, so like, they they could have taken a body. They could have kept a body. They could have just kept Hannah Kine. And I don't, this is the trade I don't super understand. So Portsline did say to somebody on Twitter that you could assume that this was a favor. Yeah. Oh, hey, P.S. As we're as we're joining, as we're uh, podcasting live, Michael Pekka has joined the Senators bench. Now Ottawa is just one skater down. <laughs> Listen, the, the Monsters have won multiple games down one or two skaters when they start the game. So I retweeted a shot of the Ottawa bench. I highly recommend anyone listening to this pod. Go take a look at it because it looks hilarious. There's like it looks like nine guys on the bench. It's really funny. Matthew Peck is there and Nick Foligno scores in the first shot of the game for the CBJ. Well, that's perfect. Also, one thing I love about this podcast is that we talked for Marcus Hanekine in like twice as long as we did for Sonny Milano. (laughs) Right. So um, as a writer, as a beat reporter, you know, you have those players who don't give you good quotes or who don't ever want to be there. Some players you're kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to interview them and this is maybe going to be awkward. I don't know. Hannah Kynan was always like the dream interview because he was so like he spoke very well, like his grammar was pretty much perfect, better than lots of people in America in general. Sure. But he like, he always had nice things to say and positive things to say. And he always, you know, said hi to everyone when he was in the hallway. And it's hard when you're a beat reporter, you want to get to know these players a little bit, but like, I'm busy. So I can't always, you know, get to know them and build that trust. And he was always so open. And when, when you have that player who is so open, so kind, so generous with their time. It's really hard to watch them leave because you know what they bring to the ice, but you also know what they bring to the room and you know what they bring to outside of the room too, to the fans. There's a lot of fans who are very disappointed that he's gone just because they enjoyed watching him play. They enjoyed being around him because of just how he's infectious in a very positive manner. Mm-hmm. So that's it. We knew we weren't going to get 2019 at the deadline, right? But we had talked about Josh Anderson, maybe a goalie, somebody leaving. And it's Sonny Milano and Marcus Hanekainen out for a depth forward and maybe a pick. That's it. Can I, can I say something about that? I'm legitimately surprised Josh Anderson is still here. Mm-hmm. I, ex- I fully expected him to be out the door. I did not want it. I in no way, shape, or form wanted it as anyone who, at least you guys in the Slack, saw me in pd yelling about it on all afternoon on friday but yes (laughs) i wanted josh anderson to stay uh because i think he's a value he's a big guy you don't you can't teach size and speed and josh anderson has both in spades but all the rumors coming out all of the reporting that was done some of the insinuating that was done it was that 
there it was Anderson didn't Anderson was going to be a malcontent in contract negotiations. So I fully expected him to be traded today. And I knew the price was going to be high, but there were rumors, at least this morning, I saw that Colorado was in on him. Uh, Boston had been rumored, long been rumored to be in on him. And uh, I just want to say, if if you were going to trade him, the price had to be high. And obviously, since they didn't trade him, kudos to Yarmo for sticking Mm -hmm. to his guns and saying, I'm not giving this valuable piece up unless you give me a lot. And very clearly, he no one matched his price. So uh, kudos to Yarmo for keeping Josh and if no one met his price. Yeah, agreed. And we both said, are you and I seeds? You had the trade primer last week that the Jackets probably just sat, should have sat on their hands. I agreed. This is fine to me. And in Yarmo's post-deadline yeah, totally press conference, he was like, the guys we're going to get back from injury, those are our deadline pickups. Yeah. Which, again, fine, sure. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't make big moves. Mm-hmm. Same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad we mostly stood pat. It yeah. also meant a lot I, I, less writing today. Wow. <laughs> but getting Wenberg back, getting Atkinson back, Yormo specifically singled out as, as two guys who could make One of those is on good. Offense. Okay, yep, there it is. Someone's <laughs> waiting for it. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more trade deadline in just a minute on the Canon Cast. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we are back. Let's go quickly around the Metro. The Metro did a lot today on trade deadline day. Carolina is seems to be the consensus winner in the NHL, picking up Brady Shea for a first-round pick from the Rangers, Sammy Vatanen for two prospects and a pick, Vincent Trocek for Eric Halla, Lucas Walmark, and two prospects. So the Canes were very busy today. How do we think they did? I think they were the second best player or second best team at the deadline. I won't say that they were the winner. I'm going to save that for my final thought. Okay. Okay. But I think Carolina easily did the best in the Eastern Conference, easily did the best in the Metro. I wanted, I have wanted Vincent Trocek for a long time, long, long time. And to see him go to care to a Metro division opponent 
sucks basically. You know, uh, they've got they've now got a solid uh, defensive or solid center lineup of Jordan Stahl, uh, Sebastian Ajo, and Vincent Churchek lining up in front of uh, David Ayers. So, um, yeah, kudos kudos, yeah. kudos to the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I shamel- I shamelessly stole that from someone on Twitter, but that's a great line. But no, I thought Carolina getting everything they did today was outstanding. That's they they need to make the playoffs. And they need to make a run. Um, they made a run to the cup last year. It was their first or to the Eastern finals. They hadn't been in the playoffs for a decade before that. And they're kind of flirting on that bubble again. They just lost, obviously, both their goaltenders, which that was the surprising thing for me today is that yeah. Carolina made all these moves and didn't get a goaltender somehow. Yes. But everything else they did, I thought was really good. Uh, Shea's signed forever for a lot of money, but I think, Trocheck is the big trade. It's the big winner. So kudos to Carolina for going for it. They're kind of the Columbus of 2020. Sure. I think uh, Carolina had one in the ECHL that they were able to bring up to to the checkers. I'm almost positive about that. I think that Carolina did everything they could to get better. And I feel like they did. They're going to make that push to really make another run for the cup this year. I think they're, they're gearing up for it. They're getting in that mindset, which, you know, isn't exactly what we want. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, you know, live in one of the Carolinas and not that one. And my buddy's a huge Canes fan. And he, after all today, he said, cause you know how, when you're a fan of a team, you're going to be harder on them than anybody else. And he said, all that defense we got and not a goalie to stop a thing. Yeah. So, so, also, we live very close to Greenville, South Carolina, and we were joking that at this point we might be the, the goalies for Greenville as they, yeah. as they keep getting funneled up the pipeline. So, yeah, good for Carolina, sure. They're, they're, they're everybody's – you talked about being Columbus 2020. They're always everybody's, like, favorite team that's not their own team, you know? I think Carolina, yeah. that's the, the storm surge is fun, and they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs with the Zamboni driver. God. How can you not love them? Incredible. And I love the way they reacted after the game. It, you would have yeah. thought they won the Stanley Cup. It was so great. <laughs> Brenda Moore's speech. That was really cool. Yeah. All right. The New York Islanders made a big move, trading a slew of conditional picks, including a 2021st and second and a 2022 third to Ottawa for Jean-Gabriel Pajot. They then immediately signed Pajot for six years, at an average annual value of $5 million. Lou Lamorello got his guy. And they nearly got another. Uh, the They were in on Zach Parise. Uh, yes. Andre, uh, who was it? Was it Andres Lee who had waived his deal for uh, the Islanders to go the other way? Someone someone for the Isles had, had to waive a no trade, and it ended up not materializing, but the Islanders were trying to do a lot today. I'm not super sure. Like Pajot has done a lot in heavy usage in Ottawa, which, mm-hmm. you know, as, as being the skilled guy in Ottawa this year, you know, you kind of had, he kind of some by default, someone had to, but I, I guess the term and the, um, the term and the money are fine. The term might be a little much, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if Pajot is the guy that puts them over the top. He's, Someone needs to do something for that for that Islanders offense, but I guess Pajot is as good. A, he was probably the best guy on the block today. 
mm-hmm. uh, to do that. So good for right. the Islanders, I guess. Yeah, I wasn't overwhelmed, I guess. It, it, it was reminiscent of Nashville trading for Kyle Turris a few years ago. That's kind of how I looked at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Andrew Ladd was the person you were thinking of, not Anders. Ladd, that's right. Yeah, yeah. sorry. The other AL. But yeah, I mean, Peugeot, we knew for weeks was going to go. It's Ottawa. They're getting rid of everybody. So sorry, Elaine. No, that's true. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, that's great. <laughs> Moving on to, we're staying in the tri-state area, New Jersey, and, you know, fire sale. Uh, they sent Louis Domingue to Vancouver for a prospect. And we, we talked about the Vatnan trade already. And they send Wayne Simmons to Buffalo. He w- waived his no trade clause to go to Buffalo for what will be. It's a conditional pick, but it will be a fourth round pick because he will play for Buffalo. So, New Jersey. It's insane. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like they're just rebuilding, but they want to rebuild for like five years from now yeah like it's not even a it's not a Um, it's like a you know how we had brick by brick it's kind of like um the pieces that make up a brick (laughs) like i feel (laughs) like that's what they're doing (laughs) (laughs) just making the one brick yes (laughs) (laughs) my my exact reaction to the wayne simmons trade is was uh why does new jersey hate buffalo (laughs) Or, or why or, or why does New Jersey hate Wayne Simmons? Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea what Buffalo is doing there. Um, I don't see how he helps them at all. I don't see, you know, it's not like it's going to convince Jack Eichel that. I, I don't know. I saw a tweet from Donald Schizen today that Buffalo had gone from 0.4% to make the playoffs like 26 and Clearly, 30-plus Wayne Simmons is the guy who's going to get them that other 97% of the way. So, yeah, I don't I, I, I fundamentally do not understand the point of trading for Wayne Simmons if you're the Buffalo Sabres. But OK, th- th- this is very clearly a Jason Botterill is trying to save his job and Jason Botterill did not save his job. <laughs> poor Wayne Simmons, you poor, you poor soul. Not our problem. And that's all I can yes. tell. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the Rangers, we talked about Brady Shea getting traded away, but they also extended 28-year-old and soon-to-be 29-year-old Chris Kreider for seven years at a 6.5 average annual value. So that was their big move of the day, re-signing Kreider. Listen, they're up to something. I don't know what they're up to, but it's John Davidson, and mm-hmm. there's no way that he goes to trade deadline without doing some sort of not doing it now means something's happening this summer. And I kind of floated this idea earlier just because I was going insane earlier today. <laughs> but the man, we, I think we saw in Slack that like manage, uh, ownership in Florida said that management needed to get rid of like $10 million of salary next season. The Panthers, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and then like there's Bobrovsky. And we know that J.D. like, Bobrovsky <laughs> and like my fear is somehow he's gonna get like the three Russians on the team together like Gavrikov and Bobrovsky and Panarin on this team and that's gonna <laughs> end up being a really good team and I just am so afraid that like JD is gonna make money moves this summer my reaction was basically um good money stupid term yeah that's a long time that's a long time for a guy whose entire game is built on speed. So uh, good luck with that. Uh, Rangers, I, you know, I 
uh, I saw a take somewhere today that was basically like they should have just traded him and maybe if you if you wanted to resign him, try to get him back this summer. But to you know, the Rangers need help. They're not a complete team right now. They're bottom six and their defense is kind of a tire fire. Uh, so you should probably have traded him to try and get a pick, a couple picks and, you know, fleece some desperate team. Cause there were first rounders to be had out there. Barkley Goudreau got Barkley Goudreau got one from, uh, the Tampa yeah, Bay Lightning. Tampa. So like mm-hmm. first rounders were, were had out there. And if you had, if, um, Kreider would have gone to the market, he would have easily gotten one as the best guy out there. So but do you think uh, they kept him for like leadership? purposes because i know the team really loves him and the team has always yeah. loved him no i think they kept him because they're on a winning streak right now and they thought they thought uh they might be able to make the playoffs now i i, I elaine i think you i think that's probably i mean that's, you know how davidson is with character guys and and older guys and especially for a team that's supposedly going through a rebuild i don't know if this is the kind of deal you make right. if you are if you're in the middle of or beginning stages of a rebuild this is something that would I don't know. That's what that uh, one thought I saw today was like, oh, I guess the Rangers are done with this rebuild then. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what it looks like. They've already built as much as they can. But then they also had uh, Shashurkin and Buchnevich in a car accident uh, yesterday, and they're hurt. They're banged up. So that was like, because oh, everybody was like, why is Davidson calling a press conference at 11 a.m. on deadline day? And that's that's why. So wild day for the Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, crazy day. Yeah, wear your seatbelts, which they did. Very important. The Flyers made depth moves, whatever. They got Derek Grant from Anaheim for picks and Nate Thompson for a pick out of Montreal. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Okay. God bless. I mean, they're... they're Go Gritty, on to the next one. <laughs> yeah, they... Yeah. <laughs> I was just more concerned about Gritty. Was he going to stay? Were they going to try and flip him? I wasn't sure. Pens made two big moves today. The Penguins getting Patrick Marlowe from San Jose for a 2021 conditional third round pick and getting Evan Rodriguez and Connor Sheary from Buffalo for Dominic Cahoon. Why? I don't know. Like, I, here's my thing. How do they make these deals happen? How do they give up so little for so much? They can't keep getting away with it, and yet they keep getting away with it. <laughs> I I get it from a I get it from the Pittsburgh perspective. Like Malkin and Crosby are in their mid thirties and like you've got two, maybe three years left to go run at the cup. Like go for it, whatever. But mother of God, it sucks being in this division right now. Like <laughs> I have it this just really, really sucks. The Pens are just like, so good at hockey related things. And it, it drives me insane because okay, they had a lot of injuries and then they still kept winning. And now when it comes to trading, they just know how to trade. And I, I wish they would put like, make a school so people could learn from them. So everyone could be on the same what? playing field. <laughs> like some, someone made the comment in the Slack today. I want to say it was El Polito who was like, as much as Jim Rutherford gets killed in the offseason in trades, he just destroys people at the deadline. Like mm-hmm. for him, for him to get Marlo, Shiri and... Uh, Marlo Shiri and Rodriguez, yeah, for what a, a conditional third and Dominic Cahoon, like mm-hmm. who Dominic Cahoon, I just looked has twenty seven points this season. Like, okay, this and sh- and you know Shiri Shiri used to play on Sidney Crosby's wing. He's familiar with Crosby. Mm-hmm. Evan Rodriguez is probably just gonna be a bottom six guy, but that's another another scoring threat. And Patrick Marlowe is 
a scoring threat who can play on the power play and just make that team more lethal when they're up a man and when you're up when you're when scoring is rare to come by in the playoffs you need all the power play threats you can get and Patrick Marlowe certainly is one he's a veteran who knows how to win and he'll fit right into that locker room just sucks this just sucks <laughs> that's what I, it's tough on trade deadlines or on free agency when you just see the metro getting better and better and then i there's rarely a time when the jackets match that level of better by what they've picked up it's so rare and I, just once i wish the jackets would just blow everyone out of the water with trades that they end up retaining during free agency right because last year was so big i mean they were the winners of the deadline or all in or the, the winners at least in the headlines but all of those guys left so that's what you're saying yeah uh, and marlo you know for me marlo didn't do much with the playoffs last year but you look at his playoff record before then and that doesn't matter because it was with the maple leafs and you know he's gonna like tear it up for pittsburgh you just know right like right like, oh yeah he, he, you know he's gonna score the game winner in like game seven yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh oh that hurt my soul eric <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the last team in the metro the washington capitals their biggest trade was on Sunday, getting Ilya Kovalchuk for a third-round pick out of Montreal. Why does everyone want Kovalchuk so much? <sighs> well, I get it from Washington's perspective because one in one of the most hilarious things in the history of the world, he's now taking up space on four teams' caps cap <laughs> yeah. this year. Right? But <laughs> but Washington is going to pay him because of the retained salary. They're going to pay him like twelve grand. Like he counts like twelve grand against their cap the rest of the year, so I mean I get it from that perspective. Just throw him on the power play, throw him in sheltered minutes, you know, put him out there in Ovechkin spot on a different line and just see what happens. I guess I think he's kind of old and washed, but it can't hurt. And plus, he's like best friends with Alex Ovechkin, so whatever. And they and they need goal scoring help because they've been in kind of a slump since basically christmas the team the team's kind of stagnated pittsburgh's made up of all the ground like uh yeah good for good for washington for trying to find some goal scoring help yeah i mean he is a he is he can be a goal scorer it's just so weird to me that there's this one player that everyone seems to want <laughs> but not right. want because he he does get traded <laughs> i just i don't it's so weird to me i mean I don't like that Washington is probably going to be a lot better now with him on the team just because it'll take some of that weight off of Ovechkin's shoulders. And we, mm -hmm. you know, the year that they won the cup was the year he took the weight off his shoulders and put it on everyone else's shoulders too. So, and saying that like they weren't going to suck because uh, he, he wanted to win that bad. So I could see them going deep in the playoffs this year because now it's going to be even the like the the weight of the scoring i don't like it you don't like a lot of the moves the metro teams made today elaine it sounds like <laughs> if i was if i was writing about those teams or a fan of those teams i think i would like them a little bit <laughs> sure well that's it that's the metro that's the jackets again the jackets did not do a whole lot now I do want to emphasize something, a point I, I meant to say earlier. They didn't really have much to give. Everybody's hurt. They 
you know, they don't have a ton of picks based on them going for it the past couple of years. So, and the first rounder was off the table. Yeah. So this is what we expected. This is what we got. Yep. And it's fine. But that's why I was surprised that they didn't try and get more picks from like either Sonny or Marcus, knowing right. that yep. they don't have much. I guess we'll see. It's part of Yarmo's master plan. He always says smart. He's that kind of GM who initially you're like, what are you doing? Is this even smart? And then like a year later you go, yeah, no, that was good. That was really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. And the other part is he really doesn't do a lot at the deadline other than last year. I mean, a lot of the, if you think about big jacket straights are in the summer. So we'll see how, I mean, this summer is going to be wild, but yes. that is, that's a ways away. All right. Well, that will pretty much do it for the trade deadline bonanza. Let's go around and do some final thoughts. Seeds, who won the day? Who won the day and who I think won the Stanley Cup today? The Vegas Golden Knights. Hmm. <laughs> Vegas has been the best underlying the, they've had the best underlying numbers on offense for the entire season and have literally the worst goaltending in the league this year. They they went out and got uh Robin Lanner from Chicago paying their prorated cap they're paying him 121 grand the rest of the year and they and if they can ever find a way to get Marc Andre Fleury back into form or even if they can't You've got a number one goalie who's shown that he can do it in the playoffs. He did it with the Islanders. You've got a guy in Robin Leonard who can lead Vegas through a pretty bad Eastern Conference, certainly or a Western Conference, certainly a bad Pacific Division. Get them to the Western Conference Finals, and anything can happen from there. I think Vegas very clearly made the biggest and best deal of the day, addressed the single biggest need on the board for any Stanley Cup contender and might have just made themselves Stanley Cup favorites. Wow. And where's Dayton right now? <laughs> Number four in the country, baby. Okay. <laughs> Elaine, what is your final thought? Well, I had a whole slew of final thoughts before I came on that I was trying to sort through. And then PD slid into my mentions and told me that this is your last podcast with us, Ryan. That is correct. And so my final thought is that it has been incredible doing this with you. And you have been wonderful to work with, especially when we were tag teaming an article, being able to write it in chorus <laughs> at the same time, which was a yeah, great, wow. great thing to find out. Um, but you're going to be very, very missed here because you are a true pro, a kind hearted person who makes us laugh a lot <laughs> thank you yeah um i've been in denial this entire podcast and this <laughs> is the last one with you ryan so uh yeah i just want to say thank you for doing this thank you for all of your hard work thank you for being an awesome person an awesome colleague and a wonderful friend and i wish you all the best as many life changes come your way but i I, it has been a true pleasure to do this podcast with you frequently over the last calendar year. And I'm incredibly blessed that I got to share this experience with you. So thank you. And uh, I'm sure you'll still be around, but I'm going to miss yes. doing this with you. Thank you. I will miss all of you as well. It was very kind. You guys didn't have to say that. And it has been a joy these past 53 
Mondays. I think maybe we did one or two on Tuesdays, but still, every week we've done a weekly podcast, which is incredible. So yes, I am leaving, and I will miss all of you, but big life changes, as Seed said, and I'm still going to obviously pay attention to this stupid team. It's like, I, I can't not, you know? And I will uh, enjoy following it with you. Of course, I'm not going anywhere, like, physically or digitally. I'm just stepping away from, from the canon. So thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It means a lot. And, and all the comments over the last year doing this podcast and all the stupid garbage stuff that I have written. So I'm very proud to leave that as I uh, step away. So anyway, thank you. All that to say, thank you very much. Well, that will do it for us. Our theme music is Green Eyes by Angela Perley and the Howlin' Moons. Angela is currently on tour. You can find out more about her and her music, including her newest album, 430, at angelaperley.com. Rate us, leave us a review on iTunes. And as always, we welcome your comments and questions. You can tweet at us at cbjcannon and comment on jacketscannon.com. From all of us at the Canon and specifically me for this one, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.